Welcome to Tell Me Your Story. My name is Josephus Bartua. I've been very fortunate over the years to get to know some amazing, fascinating, and spiritual people. And the goal of this podcast is to create a space so that these people can share their stories and the lessons they've learned along the way. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome to another episode of Tell Me Your Story. Uh, This is a special episode because I have four former interns uh, of Cole. Uh, Cole is a program here in Boston that we really, really appreciate. And so I have uh, Q. Hey, guys. His name is Quentin Goodman. And we have Candace Butler. We have Lauren Bennett. And we have Chelsea Lazan. And so I am so grateful that you guys took the time to be here. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for having us. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for seeing this. Absolutely. So every episode, I always start with the same question. Uh, My question to you guys is, what is the gospel, and how has the gospel impacted your life? Q, maybe you can start, and then Candice, Lauren, and Chelsea. Okay, yeah. Um, So to me, the gospel is the good news of Jesus. Um, It's the good news that Jesus came down. Um, God came down in the form of Jesus, lived the perfect life. He died for us on the cross for our sins. And that death and his resurrection, um, it allows us to have access to, to God's eternal kingdom here on earth. Um, so I think for me, that's, uh, that's the good news of the gospel. It's not, you know, the fact that we, uh, we have our sins forgiven. It's not the fact that we, like, we're out of this world. The fact that we get to partake in God's kingdom here on earth. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the gospel for me... Uh, I'm going to choose the cheesy route and just say that it's like God's love story to me on what he's willing to do to have me part of his world. Um, I love this one song that it, it says something like he didn't want heaven without us. So he brought heaven here. Yeah. And so I think just his willingness and what he's willing to sacrifice for us because he loves us. Yeah. And I think the gospel for me is the is part of the power that changes lives. Yeah. Um, and I think of how Christ's love compels us. Like you see his love all throughout the gospels. So mm. that's the gospels to me is just his love story to us. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm also going to take the cheesy route and say it. that to me is simply the way the truth and the life i think it's what gives me my purpose it gives me my drive and and i've seen that affect other people's lives and so the gospel for me is so much more than just a story it's real life and it's jesus's power to change them yeah amen i think for me i'll kind of be an echo but yeah i think growing up my question is always what is my purpose here Mm. um i've always wondered like what is the point of this life? You live for 80 something years, hopefully, and then it's just over. And I think to me, the gospel is, it gives me my purpose. It gives me hope. Um, And I think living in this world that is so dark, um, that is very easily to see, uh, or it's easy to see Satan working. I think um, the gospel to me is hope and purpose. Absolutely. I love you guys, man. It was so fun, honestly, working with you guys this past year. At every staff meeting where you guys weren't there, it was noticeable. And when you guys were there, the energy in the room just went to level 100. It was just amazing. Um, and just, and there was more food, right? Absolutely. It was just a lot less 
<laughs> but you guys passion your love for god and just your love for people um it was noticeable in boston and just the family you guys built um in such a short period of time uh yeah. it was it's just amazing um but for those who don't know the program what is cole q can you can you help us out what is, what does cole means what does it stand for what is that program all about yeah man um cole it stands for a chance of a lifetime. So it's uh, it's open to uh, all recent college graduates um, or in special circumstances, uh, juniors who want to take a year off. <laughs> that's, uh, that's myself and Lauren. Um, but yeah, it's basically broken up into three phases. So phase one is that Camp Hope for Kids in Schwanksville, Pennsylvania. You're working with uh, the, the local kids in that area. Um, they kind of bring them out from the inner city Philly and it's called Camp Miracles. We basically like we go on the zip lines with the kids. We play games with them. We kind of show them like you know nature and just have a bunch of fun with them. And they truly, truly appreciate being out there. Yeah. Um, we also do teen camps, preteen camps there. There's a uh, sports camps, performing arts camp, and yeah, one of my favorite parts of that was um, ODAT, which is uh, one day at a time. You're basically there with the uh, drug recovery programs in uh, in Kensington and in the Philadelphia area. Um, so all about camp is learning about how to be a servant leader. Yeah. And then we went to Boston for phase two. And that's where we joined the New England School of Missions. So we we're able to get training from the likes of Kevin Miller, from Cash McCarg, um, and be able to be walked with by awesome trainers like Matt Weber, by yourself, Josephus. And um, that's where you kind of get a taste of the ministry. You know, Boston, it's uh, it's popping there. It's going on there. So we got to be um, in the hub. I like to say we're in the room where it happens. We got to join hey. staff meetings. We got to, yeah, really just see um, kind of where like our movement started, which is Boston. Yeah. And um, yeah, you just, you go into different ministries there. I think there's nine different regions in Boston. Um, we're placed in different regions or so. And yeah, basically just a taste of the ministry. And then phase three, this is personally my favorite phase, was uh, the international phase. Um, so at least for cold season one, we got to do, got to go to Johannesburg, South Africa, or Manila, Philippines, or Frankfurt, Germany. And it's just a taste of the ministry um, in a different part of the world. So just exploring and taking an adventure with God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it sounds so fun. You know, I bet it was hard work those 15 months, but it sounds <laughs> like such an adventure. I wish I would, you know, I wish there was something like Cole when I was coming up in the campus ministry. Um, Katrina and I always talk about that. Just like, man. We would have jumped on that in a minute, you know, um, but mm -hmm. I, I can just ask you guys all this question and you guys can all take turns. What inspired you to even want to apply to Cole? It was a novel idea. Um, it has never mm -hmm. been done before. And you probably heard about this concept. You heard about this program. What triggered you to go? Oh, like that's something I might want to do or something I, I would be interested in doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can go. <laughs> um, so I've always wanted the ministry um, ever since I was a little girl. I watched my aunt and uncle um, in full-time full ministry, and it's just something that, yeah, I, I just see what they do with their lives, and I'm like, I want that for my own. It just had so much meaning. And um, but I am extremely insecure and not very equipped, and I'm a sinner. Um, and so for years, it's just been something that I've been like, that's not me. I'm just not equipped. I'm just inadequate. I'm not, I'm not that girl. 
Um, but God has like over the years kept like whispering to me very gently, like full-time ministry, full-time ministry. And so I got to a point where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to ask. So I got lunch with my um, regional leader, Scarlett Van Aken, and she was such a cheerleader. And I said to her, I was like, I want the ministry, but I don't know if I'll be good for it or if it will be good for me. So can you tell me what I need to grow in and if it's, if it, if it will be a good fit? And so she was like, fast and pray. And she was honest about my character and was like, you need to grow and being more secure. Um, and then she was like, pray about it. So I took a week to fast and pray. And on the last day of fasting, I, it was still during COVID. So I went to my living room to watch church. And it was the first time I ever heard Kevin Miller preach. And he did a lesson about having the audacious faith that God can still use us. And that's actually where I saw a photo of you and heard about you and your wife for the first time, Josephus. He was wow. just like bragging about the things that you guys are doing in the ministry. And um, yeah, it was very much, uh, even though you're a sinner, God can use you. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Because just before that lesson, uh, that sermon, uh, I told God, I was like, if you tell me what to do, I'll do it. Just tell me. Um, and so during the sermon, I was like, wow, is he really like, I feel like this is an answer that I need to, uh, you know, say yes to, to trying the ministry. And then right at the end of that sermon, they, uh, for the very first time, put out Chance yeah. of a Lifetime. And to me, it was just so clear. Mm. I was like, that's, that is it. And the fact that it spoke about, the big thing that won me over was phase two was the Boston piece about being trained. Hmm. Cause I was like, God, I don't want to answer this call and not feel equipped. Like hmm. I don't want to go and not do this well and not feel supported. And so I just felt like chance of a lifetime truly was an answered prayer. And so it was an easy application on my side. That's awesome. Oh man. Just like, I just imagine you watching church on your TV and then like, <laughs> Praying about that beforehand and seeing God move and going, wow, that's an answer prayer. I need to apply. And, yeah. and then not only did you apply, but you got into the program. Yeah, I yep. bet I bet that was like another story right there. Um, but super, super grateful that you applied. Yeah. Anyone else? Um, yeah, I can go. So for me, uh, right before my friend had sent me the uh, video, the launch video for Cole, I was studying the book of Mark. Um, and I had seen how Jesus was just like healing people left and right and being in their homes and spreading the word and being compassionate with people. And I love that. I love the book of Mark. I love seeing Jesus in action in that way. Um, and I read it every year. So it was my yearly read of Mark. Um, and at the time I was also student leading. So while I was reading the book of Mark, I was like, man, like I want to do this in my campus ministry. Like I want to continue to like go to people's houses and spread the word and be unashamed on campus. And mm. I was super fired up and um, just reading that book. And then at that time when I was coming up with all these dreams, my friend sent me the ad for Chance of a Lifetime and I laughed at it and I was like, I'm in school and my parents <laughs> would kill me. So no, can't do it. Um, but I found myself continuing to like watch the video. And every time I watched it, I'd come up with reasons of like, no, like I can't, like, there's no way. Like every time I'd watch it, I'd be like, nope, I'm in school. Or like, nope, that's scary. Or no, my parents wouldn't listen to me. And and um, at the end of it, I just kind of felt like I came up with all these reasons why not, but mm. really like, w like, why wouldn't I, you know, like this is something I've, I've been praying for. I've been 
reading the book of Mark and so fired up about Jesus. And I would finish my journals like, ah, oh, I can't wait to do that one day. And I close my journal and I'd walk away. <laughs> but this opportunity was so in front of me. And I think that um, I just kind of felt this voice of like, why wouldn't you? Like you're coming up with all these reasons why you shouldn't, but like, why, like why, what's the opposite of that? You know, like what, what could be on the other side? And so my final, my tests were, okay, if I talk to my parents and then my leaders and my best friends, and if one of them says, no, I won't do it. And so I walked up to my parents and I was like, what if I left school? And they were like, you should, like, if you want it, do it. And I was like, okay, walked up to my lead evangelist. And I was like, what if I did this? And she was like, I think you're great for it. And then I talked to my best friend. And I was like, what if I did this? And she was like, I think you're great for wow. it. Wow. Okay, God, I told you to shut it down if I wasn't. <laughs> so <laughs> I just think I kept looking for ways out. And I think God kept pointing me back yeah. um, those little ways. And so I applied. And that was part of the journey of how I got here. Yeah. yeah, and it was funny getting getting dinner with your dad last night. Um, Katrina and I got dinner with your dad, and he was say, he was sharing this with me. I said, "Dad, he was going. Whenever your kid wants to do something for God, don't stand their way." Like he's mm-hmm. like, I, he's like, I didn't wanted to say no to her because I knew this was a dream that God had put on her heart, and I was going go for it. And so it was just mm-hmm. it's just cool to hear that story that your dad. You know, of course, every parent wants their kid to finish school. But going, no, yeah. like, God put this dream in your heart, and so go for it. And so, Katrina, I'm just super grateful that you chose to come to Boston because I don't know how I would have survived last <laughs> year without you helping us with Julius and babysitting for us. And and then, okay. not only did you come to Boston and you babysat and you did cold, you got a boyfriend out of it. So, I mean, it's it's amazing, you know what I mean? Go. <laughs> so God moved the amazing ways. So I'm grateful. I bet Q is more grateful than me, but uh, I'm super just inspired by your faith, Lauren. Thanks, man. Yeah, she's she's so spiritual, man. So spiritual. Kelsey got a boyfriend too. Just yes. to be clear. If we're gonna throw people under the bus, equality. Equality yeah, for throwing people <laughs> under the bus. I love it. Well, maybe Chelsea, maybe you can go. Maybe you can share about why you chose to apply to Cole. Yeah, for sure. So my story is a little different. Um it starts back um in twenty twenty actually. Um, the summer after COVID happened. And I think that was honestly a really hard summer for me. Um, A lot of my friends decided to leave the church. Um, Almost every single person that went to my um, graduating uh, university, um, almost all of them left. And I think that for me was really difficult. I think that summer I really struggled with, um, is this church for me? Um, is this relationship with God for me? And um, Austin and Sarah Bulvis, who are actually in Boston now, um, were like, oh, I think this is the perfect opportunity for you to do an internship with us in Seattle, um, the campus ministry. And I was like, that's so funny because I literally just told you that I wanted to leave the church. And they were like, yeah, that's great, but you're going to do this internship. And so I ended up interning with them somehow. And um, honestly, it was super great. I think um, I think I was just reminded of the power of God. Um, I watched two girls that I studied the Bible with that year um, become disciples and um, watch them, you know, grow from no faith at all to a, a big faith um, in God and his power. And um, I think, yeah, it was a very interesting year. I saw a lot of ups and downs and um, towards um, or maybe the month before I saw the Chance of a Lifetime internship, another one of my really close friends left the church. Um, and it was really heartbreaking. And 
uh, that was again when someone presented me the chance of a lifetime application and I was like, no way. <laughs> it's, not, it's the exact opposite of what I want to do right yeah. now. And I don't know, I just kept finding myself like the application was like up on my Safari, like on my phone. And it was just kind of like a tab that was there that I would like look at and I'd be like, eh, no. Um, and I don't know, I think one day I literally was like, whatever, like, I'm just gonna put it out there. And so I filled it out. Um, I sent it in and I got accepted. And um, I was really excited. Um, I didn't realize that that was something that I actually wanted to do. I thought like, oh, I just have no other options. So I'll just put it out there. Um, but I was really excited when I got let in. And um, I think maybe a month after that, my mom decided to leave the church. Um, mm -hmm. And that was really hard for me. Um, I really questioned if chance of a lifetime was something that I wanted to pursue or not. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I remember like sitting there looking at my phone, looking at um, Doug Arthur's number and like ready to click it to say that I didn't want to do it anymore. But I remember talking to my mom and my mom said that she wanted me to do it. She wow. was like, I think you make the decision if you want to leave the ICOC. She was like, I think you should explore other churches, explore other ICOC churches and see what they have to offer before. And she was like, basically just encouraged me to give my everything. She was like, I want you to study the Bible with as many people as possible. I want you to reach out to as many people as possible. Um, and so that was when I decided um, that I was going to go through with it. And I think ultimately my decision came down to, I think just in 2020 um, and 2021 and I mean, since COVID started happening, there have been so many things <laughs> that have just, I don't know, like Satan has been having a field day, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yep. especially with COVID and the racial things. And just there's so many things that I feel like Satan was taking. And um, I think I just me joining Chance of a Lifetime was me knowing like this would make Satan mad. <laughs> like, mm. Satan would upset by the amount of people that we're reaching out to i don't yeah. remember how many people we baptized as cool but it was a lot of people and like i knew that that would make satan so upset and so i think that's what it came down to for me was i just want to make satan mad and i think this is a great way to do it wow i mean that is just so inspiring just thinking about you know in 2020 a lot of my friends like yeah. left god and and that is such a hard thing when you invest in people, when you love people, when you pour your heart, when you have history. And that is just hard. But then, like, for this opportunity to come and present itself and for you to take a leap of faith and go, I, I want to do this. I might want to do this. And then actually apply and <laughs> be in Boston. And, come, and you give your heart when you're in Boston. I mean, we... You always, I always look for coming to staff meeting because you always have the biggest smile, the biggest hug. Um... <laughs> And we just, we admire you and we appreciate yeah. all your hard work. Although you guys were getting paid for like nothing. You guys, <laughs> you guys are like the happiest group, you know, in Boston right there. Amen. But yeah, Q, yeah. What, what inspired you to apply to Cole? Yeah, man. Um, I was uh, baptized at 17 and I think the transition from high school to college was like a little bit tough. It's definitely a transitionary period. Um, but I remember I kind of got my act together a little bit towards the end of my first year. And then, uh, the semester before COVID hit, um, I remember I was in Bible studies with people and I was like, I was getting to these crucial decision-making moments and people would ask me questions. And I would just, I would not know what to say. <laughs> like, I didn't really know how to like to move studies along to like, mm. I didn't have any ideas about how to like, you know, reach out in different ways. Um, so yeah, I think like when I saw the video for chance of a lifetime, I don't remember how I even like came across the video. I just remember seeing it 
and like looking around at my ministry and thinking like, why aren't more people talking about this? <laughs> this <is> incredible. <laughs> we have, we have to find out who that. we have to find out who made that video and give them a shout out. It seemed like a lot of you guys like got connected because of that video. that video. Yeah, yeah, man, exactly. I remember dropping the video in my group chat and like it, it got a little bit of like traction, but I was like, what's going on? So I was like, man, like let me let me get some advice. Let me see if this is for me because. Uh, also, like Lauren, I had one more year of school left. Um, so I talked to my academic advisor first. Um, I didn't want to bring it up to my parents until like I got the okay from my advisor. Uh, that's a different story. Amen. <laughs> but um, yeah, so she just said to make sure I like continue kind of like studying a little bit throughout the year. Uh, but I got the okay from her. And then I brought it to my parents. I was nervous, but uh, they were ultimately pretty excited for me as well to to try this ministry experience. Um one of the things that made it a comfort for them was that Doug Arthur made me promise to go back to school after I was done. <laughs> he, he literally told me like, Q, don't catch a vision for your life. Don't, don't go overseas and plan to stay. Like you're going to go back no matter what and finish. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it just came down to uh, just the training, yeah. uh, the training in Boston. That's really what caught my eye. Hey, I, uh, I wanted to come out of cold with more experience. And um, one of my mentors back home, he, he encouraged me to come back from cold with more faith. Wow. And I think I certainly did that. Absolutely, man. And wait a minute, Lauren and Chelsea, did you guys know each other before Cole started? Nope. Dude, that, did... wow, that's amazing. Nope. Yeah. It's amazing you guys have this tight bond now um, post-Cole. But uh, Lauren and Chelsea, maybe you guys can answer this question. What is the most impactful thing you learn uh, while you were in Boston, those nine months? The winter in Boston, it, you know, coming from West Palm Beach, to Boston, I bet that that was tough for you, Lauren. But besides the cold, uh, what what is the most impactful thing you learn? You guys learn while you're in Boston. Yeah, I think so. Being in Boston, right? Like I was in a different region, but we would have cold trainings often, and so I would be in the same room with the cold people and a lot of these dreamers. And I think for me, the biggest impact was that God moves. Like <laughs> He mm. really. Does. And I think I say that because, you know, I would go in the room with all the cold people and everyone would share different prayers that they had for the week. Like, oh, I want to see this person be baptized or I'm reaching out to this person or different dreams. And then a few weeks, maybe a month later, that prayer would be answered wow. and it would back yeah. to back to back to back. And I think for me and then I saw prayers I I had, you know, I prayed for uh, one of our teen girls. I just prayed for one teen, one teen to get baptized by the time I left. Two months before I leave, I get to baptize one of the girls. Wow. And I think that was a prayer I had. And I saw each individual. Q had a prayer for boys. Candace had a prayer. Chelsea had a prayer. Answered. And yeah. I think for me, like, that was so impactful because I'm like, man, even if I don't see it in my own life, God is moving. Mm. Like, regardless of if I'm not a part of it or not, yeah. he's doing his thing. And I think that made me go overseas and just the rest of my discipleship with this faith of like, even when I don't see it, such a cheesy line. This is <laughs> guys working way maker. Miracle worker. I think it was so crazy. Cause I would tell people like, yeah. Chelsea would be like, Oh, like I prayed to baptize this girl. She baptized her. And then I'd be like, dude, did you not, did you not just pray that? Like, wow. Just baptisms, just people yeah. praying for like passing grades or just like mm. getting to the church on time, like little things. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the like, little prayers. Get I just Lord, I just want to get to church on time. You know what I mean? Like, 
you know, living in Boston, like the reality of it, I didn't have a vehicle. Mm. And so I get around by foot. I don't know how to work a train. I know. I remember those early. I remember those early days of Katrina. I tried to help you with the tea in Boston. That was rough. Exactly. Or even for you, Josephus, I prayed to help out a family in the church and I got to take care of your kid. Now, that's a crazy prayer. Like, I remember. So I was talking to your dad about it last time. I'm like, who prays that prayer? I mean, just, oh, I'm going to move to a new city. And one of my prayers is I want to help a family babysit. I have a bad heart. You know, I, I need to repent. But you you have a heart of gold, you know, uh, and we definitely appreciate it. Thank you but very much. going back, Lauren, going back to what you were saying, just like being in that room, there's just something magical about being in a room of dreamers. And you, yes. guys, you guys have the same goal, and you guys are praying prayers of faith. And then coming back and seeing God move, you know, it's just there's nothing on earth that builds your faith more than just seeing god move before your eyes it just makes you go oh if god can do that then of course he's gonna do this thing he's gonna work in the future it 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 builds my faith every time i mean intermediate boston yeah yeah exactly that's literally it that was i think that for me had like the most lasting impact for sure awesome how about you chelsea yeah, I think mine is really similar. It's funny, we were just talking about this, I think, yesterday. Um, we were talking about kind of like our theme songs <laughs> for like the year. And mine, I don't know if anyone's heard Too Good to Not Believe by Maverick City. Um, my literal favorite song right now. Yeah. But I think it's similar to Lauren. I think there were so many times this these last 15 months that I was like, God is, <laughs> God is definitely not working. Can't be working through this situation. And, um, it was really cool. I have like this prayer journal and I journal in it a lot and I was going through it. Um, when we were in the Philippines and just like reading how many prayers that God had answered mm-hmm. over these last 15 months. And it blew my mind. Um, I think to just see like, I don't, I don't know. There were some really dark moments. Like um, last winter, um, I was really struggling with um, with Nessum. I realized that I, well, I've known this, but I have, I'm deathly afraid of public speaking. Like it is horrible how, how afraid of public speaking I am, or I am. Yeah. And I think in Nessum, you know, we had preaching classes and the anxiety that I would get from that was horrible. And I remember talking um, with Maria McCarg about possibly having to go home because I was like, I can't mm. complete this. My anxiety was so bad. And just thinking like, why would God take me on this journey? Mm. <laughs> just end it, you know, so right. soon and like not be able to finish it. And I remember just being really discouraged. Um, and I, um, then I remember reaching out to Doug Arthur and I talked to him and he was like, he's like, it gives you anxiety. And I was like, yeah. And then he's like, just don't do it. <laughs> and I was like, that's an option? Like, I didn't know that. <laughs> You're like, Doug, uh, I wish you told me this earlier. <laughs> no, literally, that's exactly what he said. He was like, if it gives you anxiety, don't do it right now. And so I think there was just so many moments like that, that where just things would happen that I'm like, okay, where is God in this situation? Mm. And then it was all of a sudden like, oh, he's right there. Yeah. And I even remember talking to a girl who's on cold two right now. And she talked to me about the same thing. She was like, I'm really afraid of public speaking. And she was like, I don't know if I can do chance of a lifetime, but someone told me to reach out to you and wow. so I just kind of told her like I was like hey this was my experience and it was kind of crazy being in the Philippines this summer because we went to so many diff- I think we went to 12 different churches and wow. every single one we had to publish <laughs> in some form and I was able to do it every single time come I was on I think let's just- go Chelsea let's go Chelsea 
Um, to see God working in that way, yeah. I think was just so incredible. And I just think of, yeah, different stories of um, girls that we baptized that, you know, it was a hard no. There was mm. one girl studying with since the second week of school. And um, she was like, yeah, like I want this. And then it was like, actually, no, I do not want this. Wow. And um, I remember sitting down with her, like, I think it was in March, maybe. So we were going to leave soon. And in March, she was like, I, it's so weird. Like she was like, I was praying and God put it on my heart that I think I want to get baptized. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's perfect. Like we have this study about baptism. I don't know if you like, would be, but I think just times when I was like, where is God? Um, yeah. And I think he constantly yeah. showed up and it might've taken a while, but I think the ways that he showed up were incredible and so much more than I could ever imagine. For sure. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I just remember you're in that famous first cold meeting. Let's go out and share our faith with a hundred people. And you guys are like, I don't know if I want to do that. That is overwhelming. But then guess what? You guys did do that. You guys share your faith with hundreds and hundreds of people, but you guys were out there sharing your faith, cold contact, warm contact. Um, and you guys did a phenomenal job with that. But what impressed me the most about your group, honestly, was just the family you guys built. Um, and I don't know if that had started at camp or that started in Boston, but it was evident wherever, wherever you guys went, you guys were loud and you guys were together. So how did you guys go about being outward focused, being evangelistic, but then also building a culture of let's build family, let's connect, let's encourage one another. How did you guys do both of those two things at the same time? Go for it, Q. Yeah. Uh, I love this question, man. Um, I think for us, like building family came very easily to us. Um, I don't know if it's because of our character or just because God was moving or something, but I feel like after two days of camp, like this is my family. Mm. <laughs> like you're sweeping cabins together. You're in the hot sun together. You're weed whacking together. You're like ministering to these, you know, hormonal teens together. <laughs> They're trying <laughs> to figure out their life. Um, so I think like very quickly at camp, you're getting three meals a day together for months. Like wow. you build family so quickly there. And I think that kind of carried on into Boston. Um, it wasn't, we weren't just seeing each other at the cold meetings or at staff meetings. Like, you know, we had birthday parties for each other. We were wow. calling each other, having quiet times together. Um, although Patrick was in a different ministry from me, he would like, we'd come over and we'd watch anime together. Um, we were in a, a Bible study together. We were able to baptize a friend together as well. Um, wow. Even for my birthday, my 22nd birthday, like we had a all night prayer night. It wasn't for my birthday. It just happened to land on the same day. <laughs> um, but they had a cake and stuff. And I remember like singing worship songs at four in the morning together. Like uh, that's the kind of stuff that helped us build family within Cole. And yeah, I think in terms of the ministry, um, I was kind of battling with this, like, you know, coming out of Boston to Joburg because um, the ministries are kind of different. Yeah. And I was thinking like it had to be either like evangelism or family. Mm -hmm. Like they couldn't coexist. Um, but I had a few conversations with some of the guys over there and they kind of helped shift my mindset to thinking that like, if you get really good at building family in the ministry that you're at, like it will naturally grow. Yeah. Like it will become such a, such a unified place, such a loving place that like people can't help, but bring their friend along. Like it would be weird for them not to invite their friend to such a loving place. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how we helped uh, build family in Boston. Absolutely, man. Yeah. You guys did a great job with that. Yeah. Candace. Yeah. How did you guys go about doing that? Building family and being uh -huh. our focus. I think my story is slightly different to Quentin's. I think camp meant a lot to me 
and then there were like individual relationships I was like oh I feel close to like this person and maybe that person but it didn't feel like collectively us as a whole group of chance of a lifetime I think that's what uh, phase two did Hmm. I think there were pockets of unity and good relationships being built in um, camp. But Boston's really where we felt like, oh, this is us. Like hmm. the 15 of us, we're the only crazy people who said yes to this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if, if that sounds accurate to what you guys think. I'm getting thumbs ups. Um, so they agree. But um, so yeah, but I think it, it's actually kind of funny that whole um infamous first meeting where some ridiculous person like <laughs> gasped really loudly and made a big deal um i don't know who she is her name starts with c right it's you know cb candace butler is that is that yeah, her name yeah, maybe so yeah i think that meeting <laughs> that meeting i did like the moment uh he was like you need to share with 100 people this week I'm not in campus. I'm the only chance of a lifetime intern that was by herself. Yeah. And so I'm like, not only am I don't have a campus to go on, but I'm by myself. Mm. And so I was like, we don't even have student like campus students to go sharing with me. So I was like, that. Um, and so obviously I freak out. Kevin kindly tells me that I have to do it anyway. <laughs> um, and so, but it was in that meeting where afterwards. I had so many um, of the Chance of Lifetime interns walk up to me with their schedules open hmm. saying, hey, what day works for you for us to go to Framingham State together? Wow. Or, you know what, I'm planning to go share at this day. Come to my come to my campus. And so it was so cool. Jamie Lee Ryan, yes. who is the wackish and coolest girl under She's the amazing. sun. She's awesome. amazing. She that day was like, hey, how about... She's like, I need a ride to Salem State. How about you come with me? And so I think that day we we shared with like 74 people in like an hour and a half. And so I just, I was like, oh. Wait, wait, like, say that again, Candace. So you guys said the, you know, Kevin was talking about the goal of 100 people in a week? Yeah, in a week. And then, and then that day, you and Jimmy, you guys share your favor with 74 people, like 70 people? 76 but i set the goal so wow. as we went around i set the goal of 150 wow so i was like <laughs> well let's, let's see like if i'm gonna push myself but 50 people yeah um but that was so cool like i even went with child um sorry i even went with uh lauren and patrick and we went around boston commons for hours wow. going around standing on benches sharing our faith reading our Nesson books together under the trees. Like, it was so special. Wow. And I think, uh, for me, evangelizing and pushing myself, like, I had to lean on my brothers and sisters in Cole hmm. um, in such a way that it built unity. Hmm. Because doing something that's uncomfortable, but doing it for your God with someone else, it just bond it just bonded me to them. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think... Pushing family and evangelizing. Yeah. I actually feel like if you just go and evangelize, it will bond you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, it builds so much unity, right? It's amazing yeah. how when soldiers come back from war, they just go, I just want to be, I love my family, but I just want to be with my former veterans, people who fought with me in the trenches, because there's that bond there. And when we're in the spiritual battle, 
the same thing happens because there's that bond that just gets created by by the holy spirit as mm -hmm. well many goals after to go evangelize and i think there were many people that really encouraged me like kendall which is chelsea's amazing boyfriend he is so sweet he came out of his way twice to go sharing on the campus with me and, and we've had multiple guys that he reached out to try study the bible wow. here in metro and so like that was encouraging shawnee johnson invited me over to bridgewater state and her and i went sharing together so it was just yeah it, sharing sharing our faith together is what helped me build family with them yeah. since we were yeah. all so scattered amen so amen. phase three was abroad and you guys had to go overseas um quentin you're in you're in wakanda you went to south africa to i was in the motherland bro the motherland baby um and <laughs> and lauren chelsea you guys were in manila philippines um and, and candace i know you want to share a little bit about why you couldn't go but you can share and then you guys can after Candace is done sharing, you guys can share about just what was your experience like being out there in South Africa or, or the Philippines? Oh, so I am very lucky. I am a very proud South African. So what Quentin just got for two and a half months, I had for 22 years of my life. So jealous. Uh, eh? <laughs> um. But yeah, so I pretty much begged and convinced Doug to have the third phase in South Africa so I could go home and come back. Then he said yes. And then I was like, oh, I can't go because of my visa. <laughs> so that really sucked. Um, but yeah, so because of my visa, I couldn't, I couldn't leave the States and come back. Mm -hmm. And the reason I, I wanted to come back is because I was offered a full-time position in Metro. There you are. Um, and so I was just thrilled. And so I was like, okay, I won't be able to do the third phase. But now with Doug Arthur, I've been talking back and forth for future um, coal interns who are international. We're going to make sure that even if they do get offered a position in the States, that they can have some sort of experience of a third phase, mm -hmm. um, whether it be joining a church planting or help revive a different ministry around the u.s yeah i think that they wanted to rectify that they yeah. didn't, they wanted me to be the last international person that wasn't able to take part in the third phase Amen. but yeah it was so cool yeah. to hear everything that was happening and i know we don't have anyone who went to the frankfurt germany planting here so i'm just going to quickly shout out it was so cool to hear all the good news and the way god was working in frankfurt um which was so special hugo was in frankfurt right yeah, Hugo, yeah. Jamie. Yeah, I saw him at the conference, and he's going back to revive. He's going to revive. He's going to, to Europe, and so, mm -hmm. um, no, I appreciate that, Candace. I appreciate you sharing that. Even you couldn't make it, you couldn't go, but advocating, talking to Doug, and figuring out a way of having a third face for international students. Uh, that that's very important. Um, but yeah, you guys can go around and share. Maybe Q, maybe you can start. Um, just share about your experience. How was that like being in a foreign country? Um, the the same kind of similar songs to us because we're all a part of the same fellowship of churches around the world, but it's different cultures, experiencing yeah. different cultures and trying to serve God in that way. How, how did it go? Yeah, man. Um, off the bat, I think I should have done more research about Johannesburg before I arrived. I uh, I kind of came in with the quote unquote American uh, mindset of like, okay, I got to come in here and like show them how Boston rolls and stuff like that. <laughs> 
Man, I was so prideful, bro. <laughs> uh, I go over there and the church is popping. Like, you know, it's huge. Um, the campus ministry, which is where we uh, we were planted to work. Um, yeah, it's it's cranking, man. Um, yeah, it's it's big. There's a lot of good shepherding there um, by Jacques and Laura. And yeah, I just, I realized like very quickly that I'm not going to establish anything new there. Um, I kind of just have to uh, just add fuel to their already burning fire. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a, a very quick transition though. Yeah. Uh, the day after we got off the plane, we were on campus wow. sharing our faith and helping in Bible studies, man. They, they wasted no time. They said, <laughs> jet lag, what is that? What is that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, just that side of the world, it's very, um, I guess it's very Christian because mm. yeah, we were able to hop into a lot of studies right away. Um, Shakira and Eden, they really hit the ground running. They were in maybe seven, eight studies within like a couple of days. Wow. Um, seven, eight studies. Yeah. They were like My just goodness. back to back to back to back, man. Like wow. they were cranking. Man. And, uh, Gabe and I, uh, we had a bit of a tougher time. Um, we were out there and, I think one culture shock thing for me was that, like, since there are so many different languages and so many different cultures, um, just people's names, yeah. I found it really tough to, like, Guinness is laughing. I found it really tough to just, like, you know, just repeat people's names back to them. Yeah. It were just sounds I'd never heard before in my life. You're like, uh, um, hi, brother. Hi, sister. Really appreciate <laughs> Really appreciate meeting you. Exactly, man. Exactly. That, that's when you just wrap your arm around the person. You just go, hi, brother. I Good to see you, bro. <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. It I is. still do the hey sis, hey bro. Yeah. I, it's real. It's a struggle, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh after campuses kind of closed down because we kind of entered, I think a few weeks before the uh they had final exams. Um, mm-hmm. so after uh they had their exams, we kind of bounced around from different regions. So we left like the bigger Northwest and we got to visit um, the East and the central region. Um, and then after that, we got to go to uh, Soweto, which is one of like the, I guess the townships, um, like kind of informal settlement area, kind of reach out there. That was an experience. Um, and then, yeah, we got to go to uh, Cape Town as well. Uh, that wasn't ministry. That was a vacation. Come on, <laughs> vacation. You guys, yeah. you guys needed a vacation. You deserve it. Amen, bro. Yeah, that was awesome, man. Just hiking Table Mountain with Gabe. Um, he's another one of the Cole, Cole Season 1 interns. Um, just making lifelong memories. And yeah, our last day there, um, we had an a incredible goodbye party. Um, usually with goodbyes, it's like one person leaving or a couple. So everyone was sharing a big group. Uh, since it was four people leaving at once, they had to do it in a different way. So they had the four of us lined up. And they made lines in front of each one of us and just shared like one-on-one for us. Oh, wow. Um, that is very, so, that's very unique. I've never heard of that before. That's just, yeah, the, man, that's just so, the African way. You know, we Africans, you know, we're just very encouraging. It's just in our nature, you know. Everybody's family there, man. Everybody. For real. But yeah, I think, um, like, is, is there that, another, that got me a little bit. There's another guy, oh, another girl from South Africa that's doing code two, right? I heard. Is there another person from South Africa? and she's amazing but unfortunately her visa has been denied oh visa uh we we, should, we need to start protests come on we do, <laughs> we do. <laughs> uh, I'm, oh, that's rough but yeah go for it yeah. q oh yeah sam's awesome um but yeah just to finish up uh i think when people were sharing in the lines for us like i started to get a little emotional uh and then they gave us a gift um 
with a bunch of like little pictures in there and like a bunch of writings in the margins from all the campus ministry there and the leaders there. And uh, once I saw that, it got me. It got me, man. Uh, I started crying and stuff. Little uh, onions was going on right there. You, 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 little crying going somebody, on. Somebody was cutting onions in the corner. For I sure. bet. <laughs> a lot of onions, man. Um, but yeah, so uh, even just coming back to the States, um, I think Shakira, who also came from Cole, uh, she's already planning a flight back in January. Um, I've already like set up some calls with some of the guys that I got close to there. So yeah, uh, it's incredible, man. Just just to be able to worship in so many different languages. I think um, the Sunday services, like we sang songs probably in like minimum four languages wow. on a given Sunday. Um, I miss a lot of the African songs and their culture and their food and stuff. So yeah. I, I can't say enough stuff about Joburg, yeah. um, but I can say like when I came home, I, I realized I was a little bit homesick. So I gave my mom a, a, an extra big hug. Yeah, I, came home. I, I imagine. Cool, cool. It is amazing how diverse, incredibly diverse South Africa is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go for it, Lauren, Chelsea. How was your experience in Manila? Um, yeah, I can share. I think. It was very busy. I'll start by saying that um, in the two and a half months that we were there, we moved a total of 12 times, wow. technically 13, depending how you count it. <laughs> uh, so it's funny because we always say Manila, but that's kind of where we started. Uh, we were there for three weeks and then we moved all around the Philippines yeah. over the two and a half months. And um, honestly, I loved it. I'm half Filipino and I've never been to the Philippines. So wow. it was a dream for me to be able to see where my family is from um but yeah i think the church there is incredible Mm -hmm. um they are so inspiring and to be able to see 12 different churches just really show they're all the same they're all so hospitable they're all so giving so loving um and so sacrificial i think that was one of the big takeaways that i got was just their sacrificial love for the kingdom and for god um they it's very common to hear like they drive two plus hours to get to church every Sunday or midweek or to get to devotionals. Two hours. Uh, And and we, we out here complaining because we drove like 30 minutes. You know what I mean? It's like, what? I have students complaining like 10 minutes from campus. I'm like, Oh, come on. (laughs) They, some of them, I think the longest we heard was seven hours. Seven hours. That's like driving from Boston to Maryland right there. Literally. Literally, but they do it and they do it so joyfully. Yes. Um, they love to be together. And even in the Philippines, so they don't have like work laws. Like, you know, how here it's like, oh, 40 hours, that's it. And then it's like overtime. So it's very common to hear that um, people will work 14 hours a day, six days a week. Um, and after every shift, like they, the first place they go is to spend time with disciples. Wow. And I think for me, that was a bit of a wake-up call because I think a lot of times I'm like, I love my alone time. Alone like, time. <laughs> <laughs> but I like, but they they don't know about that. They don't know what that is. <laughs> um, and they just love being together. Um, and I think, yeah, it was just really inspiring um, just hearing about, uh, they call like the older adults, um, Tita and Titos. And so just like talking to them about their stories um, and just like how long they've been disciples. They Most of them have been disciples over 20, like 20 plus years, um, have been a part of the ch- church since the beginning. And so to just hear the incredible things that they've gone through, um, the Philippines is mostly Catholic. Um, and so they're very, 
very devoted to Catholicism. And so for a lot of them who became disciples when they were younger, they were actually disowned by their families um, because it's family is very important there. And so you do everything together as a family. And so for them to convert to Christianity, to their families, that was kind of like a slap in the face. And so I think it was just really inspiring to hear how much they have to go through. They really have to count the cost to become disciples. Um, But yeah, I think it was really... It was really inspiring. I could also talk about it forever. But yeah, I think a lot of the stuff that we did was just encourage the church for most of them. Well, for all of the Philippines, when we got there, that was only their like third week, I think, meeting in person since COVID. And so they are just like the Philippines is just coming out of quarantine. Um, And so most of the time when we reached out with students, that was the first time either any of them had reached out or like they had reached out since quarantine. So it had been over two years. Um, And so it made it very interesting because um, all of the campuses were closed to the public. Most of them were still meeting online. And so we did a lot of like mall (laughs) reaching out, which I've never really done before. So it was very interesting to reach out (laughs) at the mall. They love their malls. Love. They (laughs) love in the Philippines. Their malls put our malls to shame. (laughs) Oh my but um yeah i think that was just the really cool part was just being able to um encourage them and um to be able to be loved by them and um it was just crazy yeah each place we weren't there for longer than about a week except for manila and um just the bonds that we were able to make in like three to seven days were incredible yeah and so yeah i just feel really lucky to be able to have gone yeah that is just amazing to see them you know really comes on the cost and going, yeah, like yeah. if I make this decision to become a Christian, that means I'm leaving my family. I'm, you know, yep. and it just makes you more grateful even to be a disciple in the States and, and the cross we don't have to carry all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, it does, it, it makes you gr- more grateful, but it also builds your faith to see, no, there are people who are taking a stand for their faith in these challenging yeah. situations. Yeah, and it makes so much sense why they have such a tight family within the church because a lot of them don't have that family outside. And so the church is so close-knit. And, oh, that was the other thing I was going to share too. So in the Philippines, I believe there's, is there 33? There's 32. 32, Almost 33 um, churches there. And of all those 32 churches, only 15 people, individual people, are paid full-time. Wow. have tons of these churches that are led by volunteers yeah. who also have full-time jobs. That's um, amazing. It's just, it's inspiring to see these people that don't get paid anything that give their complete hearts to this church. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. I second a lot of what Chelsea say, says, said, um, I think in terms of things that we got to do, so we were able to evangelize in malls and parks. Um, we got to lead Bible talks with, uh, teens, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. Chelsea and I, and, um, got to hop into a study with one of the teens in one of the cities we were in, which was really inspiring. Cause I think, um, that was really cool to just meet this young girl who was like, I want to know God and you guys seem like the perfect people. <laughs> and me, her and uh, Shani Johnson, who was also on our team, got to study a little bit with her. And so just got to create a foundation with her. Um, and then we also got to, so the Philippines have a lot of different hope projects that they're a part of and that they do. And so we got the experience of being able to go to two locations and help out there. Um, and that included things like teaching kids English or um, one of the facilities had 
had a garden there that we got to help de-weed. So we literally spent <laughs> hours in this garden <laughs> for Sweaty. these, yeah, for these, um, the uh-huh, for these girls, for these kids. And, and, uh, it was just us. And we were like picking okra and de-weeding. <laughs> <laughs> mushrooms like we were just in the dirt like we were so sweaty and dirty i've never been so dirty in my life like, <laughs> it was so, and we left the garden like yeah this is so cool like <laughs> fun, you know we got to we baked bread i've never baked bread in my life like that like we wow. baked bread and we watched movies we played games we still contact or have connected with the girls there um even as we left they still like asked to video chat us we got to video chat them the other day so we created these bonds wow. that have and i think yeah um just being able to be very hands-on was really cool so not just evangelism which was part of the reason we were there but we also got to be very hands-on in just community projects yeah. we went into homes non-disciples disciples and just meeting people and shaking their hands and giving them hugs and that was incredible and i think in terms of culture for me i was in a different country where no one looked like me mm. <laughs> that was really interesting um but i think it helped in evangelism because people were like what are you doing here or <laughs> you're I'm like not- i have a great reason let's talk about that yeah, or I'd cross other um, Black Americans or Black people in general, and they'd be like, what are you doing here? Like, wow. <laughs> so I think that was actually kind of cool because it was a really good conversation starter because yeah. we don't look like anyone there. And I yeah. think I wasn't used to that because, you know, being from South Florida, I feel like I see a lot of different people a lot of the time. And so going to a place where you're not going to come across people that look yeah. like you very often. And um, made it really interesting and really cool to kind of be in a place where it's like, okay, I don't know where I am. <laughs> um, just to have people just be so welcoming regardless, yeah. like whether it be people in the church or just people on the street, like just being willing to hear you out was really cool culture wise. That's amazing. Just the hands. I didn't know that the hands on experience, the service portion of it. Um, yeah. It's funny. Your experience is so different from Q experience. Q was like, I was in the church. It was like, probably 80% black people, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, I was like, one of five black people in the church, you know? Um, but <laughs> if someone was to want, if someone was interested in thinking about applying to Cole, um, I know phase two is about to start. Well, actually phase two already started and they're, they're going to come to Boston soon. And so we're excited, yep. we're excited to have you guys come to Boston. If you're listening and you're part of phase two, we're looking forward to you guys coming to Boston soon here. Um, but if someone wants to apply in the future, where could they go to learn more information or just apply? Um, is there another, is there another video or is that video, um, I can put it, put it in the description, uh, in the podcast, but yeah, where could someone go to apply or to learn more about Cole? Yeah. I don't know if there's a new video that's out. There might be, I'll say, check it out, but, um, yeah, they can go to beammissions.org. Uh, they have all the information for what the Beam Mission Foundation is. It has a link for uh, the description of Chance of a Lifetime and uh, the place to click to actually apply to, to season three. Um, so yeah, beammissions.org. Awesome. And just real- can- go for it. They could also follow BMF underscore Chance of a Lifetime on Instagram or Beam Missions Foundation on Instagram as well. And there will be updates. I think the applications are actually already open. Yeah. Um, I remember exactly when they close i think it's later in the fall um but yeah applications are open if you have any questions and if you follow either of those instagram pages you can just direct message um it, it'll be me or lucy oh look and, at that 
Yeah, we'll be able to Let's do it. Chelsea. So you, Chelsea, you're saying that you have the power to accept someone's application or deny it. You know, is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> the application. I will send you the application. That is Doug Arthur. That is not. <laughs> oh, no. That was cool. me, but it's not. <laughs> cool. Um, just. Lightning round real quick. Q, how long have you been a disciple? Uh, It'll be five years in November. Candice? It will be seven years in October. Lauren? Nine years in October. And Chelsea? Seven years in November. Awesome. So this is our final question. I ask this question to every guest. Um, what has helped you to continue making Jesus Lord over the years? You know, at your baptism... You you said Jesus is Lord, right? And but then you have to make Jesus Lord every day um, for the rest <laughs> of your life. So what has helped you over the years to continue making that decision? Jesus is Lord. Uh, uh, I have my answer. Um, <laughs> mine is community. Community has been the biggest thing that has helped me stay faithful. I've had people pull me from the absolute trenches with their bare hands from where I've been. And so community has always been so important to me and to be honest with people in my life. I think honesty and community has just kept me here as long as I've been. And I just, yeah, I owe it all to just the people that were willing to hear the gunk in my heart yeah. and just walk with me. Yeah. I love that. Is is It can be interesting how the devil can make us a thing. Oh, like, you don't want, you shouldn't be honest. You shouldn't be real. Right. But it's actually like being honest actually helps you to grow, to yeah. repent faster. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I think for me, um, definitely community, but I think also just seeing the power of God. Um, I think for me, Bible studies are my favorite thing in the whole wide world yeah. um, because I think it's so evident like to watch someone's face be like oh like mm -hmm. God loves me and wants a relationship with me and to see their lives change. Mm -hmm. I think I whenever I have a hard time like God, are you there? I think there's so many different girls that I've studied the Bible with that even if it's hard to see it in my own life, I can look at their life and be like, I I saw, I yeah. witnessed God work in their life. Um, and so I think that helps me stay faithful is I know that God is consistently working, right? Um, amen. Amen. Chelsea, you stole mine. Dang it. I guess I'll I'll you, kind of echo off that. Yeah, you I think can go with the, the also, Spirit's movie, you can yeah, you can go with the same answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think definitely um just staying active in Bible studies as well. Uh, I think the times that I've been doing the best in my faith has been when I've been actively like you know in studies and the times where I was a little bit like shaking in my faith was the time I got very inwardly focused and like looking at the problems around me instead of like trying to change people's lives for God. Um, but I definitely agree with Chelsea. It's like the power of God moving in someone else's life. Yeah. I think like in the Bible study series, we got all this training in Boston and stuff, but like at the end of the day, we have a very small part to play. Like it's pretty much God moving in their heart and we're literally witnesses to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that's definitely a good reminder. And I think that, and yeah, the, the community and the fellowship. Yeah. Um, it's one just having brothers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go for it. Just having brothers uh, and sisters that are super close to me that know the deepest part of my character, uh, being honest with them, them being honest with me, that's uh, that's the best part. Yeah. Yep. It's one thing to read in the Bible that God can change people's lives and to even read about God's changing people's lives. Yeah. Um, but there's a whole other thing to experience at first hand. You go, wait, 
there is a God and he's moving in this world. Acts 17, right? Like he, he's setting up times and places so that yeah. people can get to know him. And it, yeah. it does breed some faith into you that is not just academic faith, it's experiential faith that mm -hmm. is so deep. Yeah. For sure. Answer about why I still make Jesus Lord. Um, I think obviously there are some things in my life that it's hard for me to make him Lord of, but I don't know, like every time I've chosen not to, it's never worked out well. <laughs> it's never been a good thing. And I think every time I have chosen to persevere and do what he wants, despite what I want, it's always been good, even if it's hard in the moment. Mm. And I think I still make Jesus Lord in this might, I don't know how this will land, but because my life is filled with his kindness, mm. like I'm in America, I am so loved in the home I'm in. I'm so well fed. I'm so well taken care of. I and I and I look at the life I would have had. Um, I've, I've struggled with a bunch of different like food instability in my life and financial issues in my life, and um, and also different mental health stuff. And it's just incredible, like making Jesus Lord in different moments. Um, growing up in the last seven years has resulted in a lot. Like it, I credit my life to him. Mm. Like it's it's good it's healthy because he's been lord mm. and so i continue to make him lord because my life is filled with his goodness and yeah. i want to keep that going like yeah. i want to keep living the life i get to live when he's when he's king of it absolutely i love that candace it, it, that's what moses talks about when he's giving the law he goes this law if you follow it is going to offer you blessings you know uh, blessings and curses if you don't follow but if you do follow it um, although it's challenging, you're going to receive lots of blessings. And um, I just absolutely adore you guys. If, if my son Julius grows up to be like any of you guys, that would be a success right there as a parent. And so, oh, um, Josie, I, you know I just, how crazy we are. You're going to take that back. Uh, no, I want it. <laughs> but no, you guys, you guys bring me to tears. I just, I love you guys in your generation setting the pace and, and and challenging yourself to 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 live outside your comfort zone a little bit and push yourself with your personal faith but then sharing your faith being evangelistic um going to camp to serve doing the dirty work that doesn't get celebrated all the time that people won't always see but god sees it and god god loves it and coming to boston and then making the trip to do uh, go international and 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 bring the gospel to to people who you've never met and candace you going oh i want to go into the ministry in boston um i just stinking appreciate you guys i love you guys and it's been such a pleasure and um, thank you guys so much for joining the podcast thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast i appreciate all you guys take care bye let's go thank you for listening to this episode if you enjoy listening to this podcast hit the subscribe button and spread the word about it See you next time.